0: Hello, everyone. I'm your host, April Hanna, and this is the Path 11 Podcast. Just a reminder, we are offering access to all of our archive shows, which is well over 100 hours of content, and new bonus shows such as the Virtual Book Club, Food for Thought Friday, and the Two Minute Tuesday, all for just $3.99 a month. Think about it, guys. That's less than the cost of a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. Sign up for premium for just $3.99 a month. Now let's get to this week's show. I'd like to welcome our guest, Linda Baker, to our show today. She is the author of The Bridge Between Worlds, The Miracle of Following the Heart, and Soul Contracts, How They Affect Your Life and Your Relationships. And that's one of the books that we're going to talk to Linda about today on the show. She also co-authored Alchemical Sense with Patricia and began her personal journey of healing and awakening as a young girl. And by 18, she knew that she wanted to help people heal from emotional suffering. Psychiatric nursing was the avenue she chose, but while working with a psychiatric nurse, she became disillusioned by the lack of true inner healing that the hospital environment offered. She was drawn to seek modalities that could help people access the root cause of the problem, a journey that began over 40 years ago and continues to this day. During this quest, Linda studied and became certified in reality therapy with Dr. William Glasser, studied alchemical hypnotherapy with David Quigley, which I'm really excited to talk about because that is something new um, that by meeting Linda here, uh, I was introduced to that. And she also earned the title of Certified Hypnotherapist. She studied Reiki, Omega Healing, Trained in crystal sound therapy with James Hughes, and she achieved a level three in reconnective healing with Dr. Eric Pearl. And in 2001, was awarded the highly esteemed Master Alchemist certificate from the Alchemy Institute of Hypnosis. Later in 2011, Linda studied with Master Master so, Co. Is that is that yes. correct? Master Cho, okay, and received a level one certificate in pranic healing. These, in addition to a variety of the workshop and classes, which are too numerous to mention, as well as her personal inner guidance, meld together to create the work that Linda does today. So welcome, Linda, to Path 11 Podcast.
1: Thank you. That was a great introduction. Well, you've done so much.
0: You know, I I love having guests like you because there's so much to pick and choose from.
1: Yes, I've dedicated my life to this work, and, and um, it's so nice to be on your show with you today.
0: Yes, I, I also found, um, you know, some some things where you and I tend to, might well, we might have some similar views, but I too worked in a psychiatric hospital as a therapist for six years, and... Oh. I also had, um, you know, when I was kind of going through my own spiritual awakening and learning so many different healing modalities, I eventually needed to leave as well, because it just wasn't kind of fitting correctly. And I know that you shared one of the stories in the book that we're going to talk about today, Soul Contracts, where, you know, some of the doctors were putting patients on psychiatric medication. And these people were not psychotic. Or they were not delusional or, you know, having experiences that really warranted medication, but really needed more soul
1: healing. Exactly. Exactly. And one of the things that really struck me were the staff and how depressed the staff was because real healing is not happening. Soul healing is not happening. And so that's what causes burnout in the staff.
0: Yeah. And it was interesting when I was at my own kind of personal burnout, I had a great conversation with my dad and his best friend was um, a warden at a maximum security prison. Uh, and when he decided to leave, he had said to my dad, he said, you know, Rick, I have been in a maximum security prison for over 25 years. And he says, the difference between me and the inmates is they get to leave. And so I sat there and my dad told me that. And I said, oh, my God, I've been in a psychiatric hospital for six years. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to leave. And it was in that moment I put in my two weeks notice.
1: Mm wonderful brilliant yeah
0: Yeah. so yeah yeah, so that the work in in those facilities you know we have to give those workers a lot of credit because they are really working with really interesting and, and kind of tough energy um so yeah so where shall we begin um why don't you talk just a little bit about your journey of how you did switch from psychiatric nursing into the work that you're doing now so people get a little uh more story about your background
1: Okay. Well, I was working in a psychiatric hospital and I was working with teenagers who I just adore that group of people and was getting disillusioned. And a friend of mine had David Quigley coming, this was in 1984, doing something called alchemical hypnotherapy. And I didn't have a clue what hypnotherapy was. All I knew is hypnosis, you take a watch and you dangle it in front of somebody and they go to sleep and then they cluck like a chicken or something. I had no idea what this was. And so I read this little book and I thought, oh, it sounds interesting. And my friend was having difficulty getting people to sign up for the workshop. So I thought, well, I'll support him and it sounds interesting and I'll go. And wow spirit guided me there for sure because it totally changed my life um i did my first past life regression there i did my first alchemical session there and i went back to the hospital um, after the four-day workshop and that's when i opened the doors and i just felt this gray air of depression in the hospital and realized it was coming from staff and not um the patients and i realized that if i continued to stay there that my soul was being like drained from me and i would become this kind of a zombie robot working in the hospital so i actually i put my two weeks notice in right then and and left and the reason why i loved alchemical hypnotherapy and still do is because it goes to the very core of whatever the issue is. And when I first started doing this, um, after this four-day workshop, I'd call up my friends and say, I just learned this amazing thing. Will you come over and let me practice on you? And people had incredible insights into their life. They had healings. They had memories of things that, you know, they had no conscious recall of. But these subconscious um, issues were in their energy field and holding them back from doing what they really wanted to do in their life and so I became such an advocate for alchemical hypnotherapy and I went and I studied with David in California and I took all of the trainings until I could teach and I taught in Seattle here for several years and now I'm actually teaching in Japan this work and people are loving it Wow so that's a little bit of my story
0: <laughs> yeah well and I have to ask well what eventually brought you over to Japan and how did you make your way over there
1: Oh, um, I was doing my last training with David. It was—it was, it was um, wasn't really a training, but I was assisting him, and that's where I got my certificate as a master alchemist. And David asked me uh, if I would be willing to go and teach with this person in Japan, and I said, "Yeah, of course I would." And I went and I met her and. We taught together for, um, or I taught for her for several years, and then unfortunately she passed away um, through cancer. And her best friend, she asked her best friend on her deathbed if she would continue these classes and continue having me come to Japan to teach. And so now I'm working with her best friend and we're teaching classes there
0: wow wow wonderful and can you tell our listeners what is the difference between regular hypnotherapy and alchemical hypnotherapy
1: well it's a good question and there's like different kinds of regular hypnotherapy and like old hypnotherapy is where you take people down into what they call a somnambulistic state where you don't remember and you're programmed basically and people will use it for weight loss or for stop smoking and give you suggestions and read a script to you and then basically say that you will, you know, forget all of this and when you come back to your full waking consciousness, you won't remember anything that was said. And so you you're holding this program inside you. And I personally am not an advocate of that because I wouldn't want anybody programming my brain and not knowing what's going on inside, but alchemical hypnotherapy is an interactive hypnotherapy. And so the client and the therapist are talking together all the time. And you do remember everything. It's important to remember, um, you do inner child healing and past life healing and whatever it is that you need. And I tell my clients, it's like, you are this fantastic computer, but you're running a bad program in some part of your life and no matter how many self-help books you read no matter how much you want to change no matter how much you try to change you keep getting drawn into the same old pattern so with this work you can go down to the very core of that issue where did that pattern come into your life and what do you need to do to change that
0: and you mentioned this in the book when you were describing um, some of the hypnotherapy, and I know in my, I have hypno- hypnotherapy training as well, um, but one of the things that I was taught too is that all hypnotherapy is self Self hypnotherapy and that the subconscious mind or unconscious mind will not take a suggestion unless it wants to, like that. We can't necessarily program people per se unless they want to take that suggestion. And you had mentioned that if you were regressing and doing hypnosis on a law-abiding citizen and you offered the suggestion that they should go out and rob banks, that they probably wouldn't do that. But if you were to regress somebody in the hypnotherapy that maybe was open to doing that, then they would be
1: more apt to taking that suggestion. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis and you have to You have to um, have some part of you inside that wants that. And a very funny example of this is when my daughter was graduating from high school, they had a stage hypnotist and he was doing all these funny things with the kids and all. And then (laughs) at one point he said, um, you know, everyone in the audience is naked and all the kids were like, they were laughing and they were, and then then he said, and now you find that you are naked and all these kids like ran behind chairs and were hiding themselves and one girl walked out on stage and she was just really um you know just kind of flaunting her body just kind of walking and showing off and and it was uh, and I thought well if somebody suggested to her that you know she might want to be a stripper she would take that suggestion but um all none of the rest of the kids would have they would have all been you know hiding
0: Right, right. And um, and I, I was wondering, too, if you could kind of talk about the trance state, because really, um, you know, my understanding is that we're usually in trance all the time, but in different types of trances.
1: We are in trance all the time. And, and that's um, like I, I talk to people that if you drive the same route to work every day, you may find yourself getting home or getting to work. And you're like, wow, I'm already here. I don't even remember like driving here, or that's why television, um, TV ads cost so much money because you're in trance when you're watching TV, especially if you're watching something that's causing emotion for you. And then the ad comes on and the ads a little bit louder, the ad, um, flashes before you it's reaching into your subconscious mind and programming into your subconscious mind that you need this particular product or that you're going to be sick so you need to get this medication or whatever the ad is and so we do live in trance and While hypnos comes from Greek meaning to sleep, it's actually just the opposite. When you're doing hypnotherapy, you are awakening and you're awakening to your spiritual knowledge. You're awakening to all the information of your higher self, all of the information that the cells in your body are holding.
0: Great. Thank you. Thanks for explaining that. And I would like to go into your book, Soul Contracts. Um, before I kind of got on that tangent, you were talking about patterns, um, certain patterns that keep repeating in your life and talking about past life connections. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like you to start off by defining for our listeners, what what is a soul
1: contract? Well, a soul contract, not to be confused, as people often do, with a soul contract that's um, a contract of two people who, you know, it's your, I don't want to say, it's the person that you're supposed to be with in your life. People are always looking for their soul mate, but this is not a soul mate. It's a soul contract, which is different. And in the soul contract, it's from another lifetime. A time when your soul and another soul have reached an agreement and that you come down in this lifetime to either help each other, to um, help heal, to be together. It could be in a romantic relationship. Um, So it's an agreement that two souls make.
0: And this also is in conjunction with the... I guess I don't want to call it a theory. I don't know what the best word is to use, but that we travel in soul groups Mm -hmm. and that there's a connection between the souls and the people that we reincarnate with. Can you talk a little bit more about that? there is
1: um there is a connection and and we often reincarnate in the same families we find people that you know maybe a mother in this lifetime and have a daughter say a daughter and a son but maybe in another lifetime the son might have been the mother and the daughter might have been the father or it's very because we are all we are we are one being and it's our spiritual being so in the physical form, we've all been male, female, we've been gay, we've been straight, we've been um, from multi ethnic groups. We um, embody everything. And when we incarnate to, um, together as a soul, we're working together to help each other to evolve. And if you're in a soul group, which sometimes happens with people that are doing their spiritual awakening, and you find that, wow, my family, you know, I've worked with them, I've tried everything, but they're just not spiritually um, open, they're not spiritually aware. But you find yourself that you are, and maybe you're developing a second family, a family of choice, that's a more spiritual family, It is probably a sign that your soul is evolving to the place where you are moving away from that particular soul group and you will be finding another soul group to bond to Mm.
0: and how can people recognize a soul connection
1: well there's many different ways and sometimes we have just an attraction to someone and we don't know why, but we feel like there's some kind of connection. Or sometimes we meet someone and we really don't like them. And we find like there's no reason not to really like them, but you just really don't want to be around that person. In either case, you may have a soul connection with that person. Um for myself, I've had come across many of my soul connections. One was with a foster teen that I had, and we had a soul connection that was from a past life. And um, actually, a couple of foster teens that I took, we had soul connections that were about completion and you know, me helping them uh, through something they were going um, through. A very good friend of mine who passed away from AIDS quite a long time ago now, um, he and I had a very strong soul connection, and we came from different places. He was from came from Hawaii to come back to the United States, to the mainland, and we met through unusual circumstances and felt a strong bond, and I was with him as he passed and actually witnessed his spirit leaving his body which was very powerful and we had a soul connection that said that I would be there with him at the time of his passing because his passing was going to be a very difficult one for him in this lifetime and so I I actually did a um, regression around our connection and found that information out and it totally made sense because that's exactly what happened so um, yeah I don't know. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for it's sharing com- that story. Kind of complicated.
0: I know it's hard to put these things into, to words and stories. But that that was a great. Uh, a great story to answer that question with. Um, the other thing too, about kind of soul contracts and past lives, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about maybe how sometimes in a past life, we might've created a certain contract or a vow, and then it somehow isn't released, but we bring
1: it into this lifetime. Right, and we we do that. Um, one way is at the time of death, and every time I do a past life regression, I always go to the time of death and what was the very last thought or feeling at that time of death, because if you have a thought like, you know, I will, I will never do healing work again, because maybe you were burned at the stake as a witch, or if someone um, treated you badly and you held on resentment for your whole life and you vow, you know, I will never let this go. I am going to get them. Um, Or if you hold on to a great love and say, you know, I love, you know, I love this person so much. I'm going to be with you again. Any of those kinds of um, thoughts, feelings that we have at the end of our lifetime will cause that contract to be in place and we will um, come into our next lifetime with that contract and we will will find not by our our consciously looking for these people but these people or situations will automatically come into our life so we can complete this contract and that's why some people that are in abusive relationships have made a contract like I will never leave you and even though They are feeling abused and they've gone to therapy and they've tried to get out of the relationship. They'll always go back into the relationship because it's a soul contract and it can be changed by doing this work and going inside and healing whatever needs to be healed and burning the contract, destroying the contract, um, ending the contract.
0: Yeah. And then creating a new one. Basically, when you do that, you're creating a new one for this incarnation.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, it was just great to read in your book was about um, people who are drawn to healing work and they may want to take all of these classes, but they're really never able to make it go much further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd like to just read a portion of this uh, for our listeners, because I being a teacher myself, I do see this where I'll, I will have students who are clearly, I mean, I can see that they are healers and they will come and they're very drawn to the classes that I teach. They want to know more. They'll read books on it, but then they just stay there. You know, it's kind of like they, they stay stuck or there's that fear to move forward or to actually apply the things that they're learning, but they're like this wealth of information because they just keep learning, 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 but nothing really happens. And you had put in here that, um, you said, I teach hypnotherapy classes. to people who are seeking to develop their healing skills. And ironically, you have found that students in classes who are studying hypnotherapy, but may might have made past life contracts to stay away from doing any type of healing work. And you said, um, if a contract to stay away from healing work was made, it can be recognized by these several behaviors. And one would being the person continues to take classes, but never feels ready to do the work. The person wants to take classes in healing, but always has an excuse why they can't. And the person and sets up a healing practice but charges fees too low to support him or herself and there's a part you had mentioned that they're trying to awaken to their healing abilities they probably were a healer in the past life but uh they're just kind of stuck in that in that area or they like you said were burned at the stake and vowed that they would never do this
1: again exactly Exactly. And, and so many people in our classes would have issues like that. That's why I'm so familiar with that from doing so many sessions around people with with healing blocks. Yes.
0: Yeah and and I think it's just important to me- to mention because I know that you know on the collective consciousness level a lot of light workers are being called forth to do yes. their work. Yes. So if you know if there are people listening and they're finding that oh yeah I'm one of those people I keep taking these classes but I don't think I could ever go out and do this or I you know I'm I'm too afraid to or how could I start a business and leave my full-time job that it's important for them to to hear that message.
1: Absolutely. And important to change that contract, because like I have said before, um, any time we would like something to be different in our life and we really work hard to make it differently by reading books, by um, going for therapy, by you know, doing, you know, watching DVDs or practicing meditations, whatever we do. And if we find ourselves still going back into that same pattern, that so, same belief, uh, we're still stuck in that place. And we feel so ready to move on, but we just can't. It's probably because we have a soul contract that's keeping us there. And um, another point is our body is really wonderful. Our body is here to serve us and to help with our soul's growth. But because our body can't talk to us and say, "Hey, you need to do this work," our body will ha- present in a physical way like, you know, migraine headaches or cancer or back aches or, you know, in some way the body will show us that we have an issue that we need to go inside and heal.
0: Great. Thank you. And I'd like to switch probably to uh, a more controversial um, topic of conversation that I'm sure you may um you know, have some people buck up against this, but you have created a process, and it's a spiritual approach to abortion to help women release um, unwanted pregnancies naturally by connecting with the spirit of the incoming being. Um, also, being able to help women who haven't been able to conceive and to work with the spirit of the child before it comes in, um, and also women that have suffered the loss of miscarriages, and you work with them a lot through forgiveness and releasing the guilt and the spiritual healing and you know, being a therapist too, I've worked with, you know, many women that have had a lot of grief of miscarriages, um, you know, abortions, not being able to conceive and all of the psychological turmoil that comes with that. And of course, you know, religion and society can play a huge role in this whole thought of a soul. And are we killing a soul? And is it right for us to make those choices? And it goes on and on and on. Um, yeah. And you have a section in your book, soul contracts about um i think it's section six conception empowerment and you go through how to release the spirit um, preparing the way for a healthy child so i'd really like to talk about this because we've never talked about this on our show before
1: yeah and it's you know as you said it's controversial and it's a difficult subject and actually i was going to write the book solely about that and then decided to expand it and it because i did that i have had several women tell me that they wouldn't have been open to this idea except for reading the book and reading all of the other stories and and by the time they got to this last part about spiritual abortion they really were open to this as a as a possibility. And my, for myself, I was brought up Catholic and in the Catholic church, of course, abortion is a great sin and we have one life. And if you, if you abort, you are keeping that child from ever being with God. So that's where my background was from. But as a fairly young child, I really saw the flaw in what the church is thinking, because the church taught we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And I'd look around and say, everybody looks different than me. So how can we be made in the image and likeness of God when we're all so different? And I realized, oh, we're talking about the soul. The spirit is the image and likeness of God. And everyone has a spirit. And so does when we conceive, we are a spiritual being. And the spirit coming in is alive. And if we do not accept that spirit coming in in the physical form, that spirit is still alive and moves on to where it needs to go. And in working with women, I have found that women become pregnant for many, many different reasons. And, you know, sometimes it's a glorious thing and and people are ready and they're waiting to have a baby and they're very excited. But sometimes it could be through a rape or it could be through a very dysfunctional relationship and um, maybe the spirit's message to the mother is, you know, you need to leave this relationship or you need to empower yourself. You need to, um, you know to get in touch with your own creativity and move on in life. So there's like many different reasons. And when women connect with that spiritual being, it's a, it's really a beautiful thing. And, you know, the spirit moves on.
0: Yeah. And you also had mentioned too, that even though, you know, the woman is obviously embodying the spirit, that sometimes the spirit releasement can also be more for
1: the father, Absolutely, because sometimes the spirit is really connected to the father, and has a message for the father. And I've worked with couples where, you know, both uh, man and woman will lie down together and hold hands and do the session together to connect with the spirit.
0: And some of the research um, that I have done, just trying to seek answers, you know, for some clients about this uh, topic as well. I remember coming across a uh, YouTube from Abraham, um, Esther Hicks, oh, who channels yes. Abraham, and she had said that, or they had said um, yeah. that, you know, the the higher consciousness, you know, souls have a level of intelligence and that many times You know, they say soul, we pick our parents and that a soul may come into a body already knowing that either it will be aborted or the pregnancy will not come full term or um, it is a soul that's just trying to get its feet wet and coming into a physical body is a part of the evolutionary growth of that soul, but it's never meant to fully develop um, to actually come to be a physical being and that the souls are very intelligent where if they need that experience as a part of their soul evolution, that they will probably pick parents that will make that decision to abort or to not be carried to full term. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I absolutely a hundred percent agree with that. Yes. And sometimes in doing a session, the soul is actually relieved. (laughs) So, okay, I came because I love you so deeply and I want you to have this message for your soul healing. And now I can go and I don't have to be here. And that has happened, um, you know, several times where the soul is happy that it's relieved of a physical body.
0: Yes. And in that YouTube, you know, they were also mentioning that, you know, we are energy and energy never
1: dies. So there's no such thing as killing a soul. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. And unfortunately, a lot of women because of society um, and because of religious programming carry grief and guilt and, and And that settles in often to the female organs, like, you know, the ovaries, the uterus with tumors, with, um, you know, with menstrual problems, with also with fears about not being able to have another child, or if I have another child, God's going to punish me. Or so um, it's really sad how women um, punish themselves for something that is a very natural process of either allowing a soul to come in, telling the soul that it's not time now. And Abraham Hicks is wonderful because we are energy beings and energy never dies. Energy just flows and moves on.
0: Right. And transforms and yeah. Yes. And and can you talk a little bit more about how... Um, You know, you use the term spiritual abortion, where maybe there may be situations where, like, a woman is in a dysfunctional relationship, and it really isn't the best time to bring, you know, this this soul into the physical, into this situation, and that you can work with the woman to be able to release the spirit and have a natural uh, miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Be the right term? Can you talk
1: about that? Um, About the process? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's you know it's it's through hypnosis and it's going down in, deep within and connecting with higher self and your spirit guides, and connecting with the spirit, um, with that soul that's you know looking at coming through, and finding out why that soul is. has chosen this time to come into this woman and that's where lessons are given about the woman's life and if a woman's in a dysfunctional relationship it could be Showing her about this and about her own, oftentimes her own childhood and how she was, you know, abused as a child and her own disempowerment and what she needs and connecting her with her um, higher self in a stronger way. So she can find the strength Um, if there's a soul contract there that needs to be released with the the. Person in she's in the dysfunctional relationship um, with that can come up because these sessions, the alchemy of it is that they're totally guided by spirit. I, I mean, I am a guide that I work with my clients and I never know what will come up in a session. They're totally guided by spirit, and so after that process is done, then it's about you know the the woman connecting whatever she needs to say to the soul, and oftentimes, because of this soul bond, there's great grief in releasing the soul, and that grief is expressed um, and released, and then we go through the body and. Going into the caretaker of the brain and having that caretaker be setting all the hormones back to the the pre-pregnant state of being and going down into the uterus and finding the caretaker there and... Cleaning the uterus, scrubbing the uterus clean, just allowing all of the blood and old tissue to begin to move out of the uterus because there is no reason for it to be there anymore because the soul has already been released. There's there's nothing there, um, softening the cervix, getting ready and just going through the whole process of having the miscarriage going through and the woman finding herself not pregnant and her body healthy and um, happy. And sometimes women do naturally miscarry. And I'm very clear with people that this process may result in a natural miscarriage and it may not result in natural miscarriage. And if it does not, and the woman goes on to have a clinical abortion, the feedback I get is that it was very easy for them. It was not, you know, the emotion was very little and maybe even non-existent because they had already done the healing and gone through the process and finished it within themselves, and also I've had women who have been concerned about, you know, I don't think I wanna have this pregnancy, but what if I do, and and if I, you know, have it, will I harm the baby, will I, and I say no, because it's spiritually guided, and I've had women go in who think that they really want to have um, the abortion or the miscarriage, and connect with the spirit, and find that, oh my gosh, there's a higher reason for me to have this child, and I really want this child, and they have very happy, healthy babies. And I've heard back from them saying, this was really wonderful, and I'm glad I did this. And now I'm, I'm so excited to be a mother.
0: Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And and also, can you talk about how you um, prepare the way for children to come in for moms who maybe have been trying to conceive for
1: years and haven't been able to? Well. That, again, is going back and finding what is the issue, what is keeping, because, you know, we are all we are all physically, emotionally, spiritually connected. We are one. And sometimes things that seem so physical to us um, We can't imagine that they have an emotional component or a spiritual component to them, but they actually do. So no matter what a person was told, if they could have, I mean, unless, of course, they had their uterus removed, then it would be, like, probably impossible. But if there's any other issues about not conceiving, it's about going in and connecting spiritually and finding what that is. And sometimes it's um, from having an abusive childhood, being afraid to be a parent that holds someone back. Um, that's happened with people, like I've said, that I've done the process of um, natural miscarriage with, and it turns out to be that we do an inner child healing session, and then they decide that you know they would like to keep the child. So it's about clearing. Sometimes people that have had an abortion when they were young, like a teenager, and they have a lot of guilt around it and so they made a decision that you know i'm unworthy to bring a child into this world so maybe now they're 30 and they're with a loving person and they're ready to have a child and they can't conceive because they've made this contract with themselves and so it's different reasons but it's about going within and finding what that reason is wonderful well thank you so
0: much for you know opening up the space to talk about um this subject i don't think that many people are brave enough to do it um and probably you know actually doing the work and and having an avenue to be able to talk about this in in the way that you have so i think that it's great and i thank you for your courage and uh the work that you're doing with women on this and and talking about it on a podcast so thank you
1: Yeah. And and one last thing I want to say about this is, you know, and and I realized this from the very, very beginning, is that, you know, whenever we have authority, whenever we I mean, whenever we have responsibility in life, in business or whatever, you have to have the authority to take that responsibility. And women have the responsibility of raising a child. And I really truly believe that women have the authority to over their bodies to make that decision. And that the more people that know about this and really think about this in this way, that eventually my hope is that women will be able to know when they're pregnant, know if they were raped, if they were in a bad situation, if they were, and be able to communicate with the spirit and release that pregnancy on their own.
0: Right. And I know that you've written a, a few books here, but what's the main work that, that you're doing now? Are you teaching workshops? Or are you doing individual sessions, a little bit of everything?
1: Well, I do individual sessions. And like I say, I've been teaching in Japan and I have a, a doctor actually coming next week and he's going to be working with me for a few days learning somatic healing, which is using um the alchemical hypnotherapy for for working with people with physical issues and helping them to heal in that way and i'm also writing another book because i'm really excited actually about the book that i'm writing and it's about energy disconnection. People are talking about so much about connecting, connecting, connecting. But what I find with clients, I found in my own life with my friends, that it's really important to disconnect from the energies that are not serving us before we can connect with um, higher spiritual energies.
0: Well, great. Well, when that book is finished, you'll have to let us know and we'll have to have you back on because that sounds like a great topic to talk about as well.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited about it.
0: Well, and um, are you doing work virtually? Do you do it on Skype or do people need I do. to live? Okay. Can you let people, our listeners know where they can find you then?
1: Well, they can find me at my website, which is com
0: great and yeah so if anyone would like to work with Linda please reach out to her I would highly recommend um, her books I only had the chance to read the one soul contracts but I really enjoyed that and she goes into even more depth and shares a lot of personal stories there's a lot of stories in there uh, for you to read as well that I think you will find very interesting and captivating so thank you so much Linda for being a guest on our show I really enjoyed our interview today
1: well thank you for having me I enjoyed it as well thank you
0: I hope you all enjoyed that show and don't forget to sign up for our premium service with over 100 hours of interviews, as well as our new segments such as Two Minute Tuesdays, Food for Thought Fridays, as well as the virtual book club on Thursdays. All of these extra segments are only available for our premium subscribers. Visit the podcast section of our website at path11productions.com to learn more or to start your subscription for only $3.99 a month. If you're not interested in a premium subscription, you can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Of course, you can still catch our latest five interview shows at any time by subscribing to the Path 11 podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and iHeartRadio. Radio. If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. Catch you next time.